This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome to Life That TV. I'm Stacey Washington, and we have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to talk about Mike Bloomberg. His candidacy has really risen of late. In fact, it's due in no small part to the fact that he spent $400 million of his own private money on advertising. And so the advertising is so prolific, it's so pervasive, that I am now running into people just in my regular everyday life who are saying, I'm sick of the Mike Bloomberg ad. So the good news is that if you're not predisposed to his type of, uh, you know, watered down socialism and command and control from the top down due to the government intervention in every aspect of your life, then you're probably not going to be impacted. But if you are a Democrat looking for a home in the fall of 2020 and you're not comfortable with Elizabeth Warren because you don't feel she's qualified and she's had too many mistakes, mainly the kind of it's kind of an irreversible error that she made when she tried to make such a big deal out of her possibly being of Indian extraction, and turns out she wasn't. But there are other issues with her. There's a general unlikability. She's very much like Hillary Clinton in that way. And then you have, uh, obviously, Bernie Sanders. And a lot of Americans, as far left as our nation has moved, are still very uncomfortable with the idea of someone who romanticizes communism and is clearly a socialist, not a democratic socialist, just a plain old dyed-in-the-wool, hairy socialist, that that would be the person they would vote for. Their civics lessons are still too fresh in their mind, which is why we have to bring civics back to public education, by the way, because it really is a, a determining factor in whether or not children can be romanticized into fake socialism by, uh, you know, someone who's peddling a book uh, that actually made him a millionaire. Bernie Sanders is a real study in contradictions and hypocrisy and the fact that he's now a millionaire and has a book that brought him to that place, owns I, some reports say four homes, some say seven homes, whatever the case is, he has more than one home and a boat. And these are not the things that you're supposed to do if you have a socialist bent. You're supposed to give everything you have to the poor and advocate for everyone else to do that. And no one is supposed to have any private ownership, including yourself. So that brings us back to Mike Bloomberg. What makes him palatable at five feet, four inches tall, worth $65 billion? He's far more wealthy than Donald Trump. And when I say far, we're talking large amounts more profitability, more um, more billions than President Trump. And while it's not a contest, it is a study in contradictions yet again for the Democrats who appear to be obsessed with soaking the rich and punishing those horrible millionaires and billionaires. And they're about to begin a, a what, eight month long love affair with a $65 billion man. So there's a few things that Mike Bloomberg has said in public. These were smaller gatherings, so these weren't huge speeches that he made. I believe one of the incidents has happened on television. But for the most part, these are comments he made candidly. They're what he truly believed, and they should be noticed and taken care of. The, the, it, you can't ignore these. To sweep them under the rug is the worst kind of behavior for those of us who are interested in having a full understanding of what a candidate is about. So that brings us to latest reports over the weekend that were on Drudge. 
A Drudge Report story says that Minnie Mike is considering Hillary Clinton as his running mate. Now, that is danger for Mike Bloomberg. I actually want to say to him, Mike, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, don't choose Hillary Clinton as your running mate because that would put her within one heartbeat of the presidency if they would win. And that's not just dangerous for America. It's dangerous for him, right? Uh, over the weekend, Mike Bloomberg did not kill himself was trending on Twitter. Now, I know it's a little bit farcical. and It's a little funny, but there have been a lot of Clinton associates who are now no longer with us. And while we have no evidence that that's due to malfeasance on the part of anyone in the Clinton family, it's an interesting phenomenon that continues to fuel conspiracy stories and rumors. So what are we talking about here? Well, um, Mike Bloomberg said that redlining and the elimination of redlining. So in other words, redlining the practice of making entire neighborhoods un palatable to lenders, saying you can't borrow money in to buy anything in this neighborhood or to build anything in this neighborhood, nor can people who live in this neighborhood borrow to purchase anything in the neighborhood. It made food deserts for uh, low-income housing areas where people who were already poverty-stricken then had to ride 45 minutes on a bus to and from the grocery store. You couldn't pump gas in your own neighborhood. So redlining was a scourge on poverty-stricken Americans. And it was a horrible practice that never should have been implemented. It's fine to have uh, rules and regulations and levels of at which you will and won't borrow. It is not okay to say an entire neighborhood that no one in that neighborhood can be good enough to borrow from your bank without ever getting an application from anyone in there. So once that practice was outlawed, Mike Bloomberg blamed it for the housing crisis in 2008. Now, that's ridiculous. I even uh, read some reports over the weekend at the Heritage Foundation because I wanted to verify, could such a small population borrowing small amounts, so small loans, you know, less than $150,000 per mortgage, could a small population of around 6% of Americans or less possibly turn the entire economy into a, a, a spiral and create a downturn? I think not. In fact, I think what's more likely is that it was the predatory lending. Of course, people in poverty-stricken neighborhoods who happen to be Black or Latino contributed to that crisis. And then, of course, you have to add in the most important part, which is the jumbo loans and the arms. Those were huge factors. And once they were defaulted on, entire subdivisions of big McMansions going under. You can hardly blame that on poor Black Americans. Yet here we have many Mike Bloomberg doing exactly that. So that was a problematic comment. Then he had his comments on, uh, well, you know, it's an interesting thing, the, the stop and frisk policies in New York, which are attributing, the, they, the uh, social scientists say that stop and frisk policies in New York save between 20 and 40,000 lives, mostly of black people. So those people wouldn't be alive today had it not been for stop and frisk. Now, that being said, Stop and frisk became a bit of a terror on the black community in those neighborhoods because people felt as if, especially young people, young black men, felt they couldn't actually walk through the neighborhood, even if they weren't doing anything wrong, if they had no intention of doing anything wrong, without being slammed up against a brick wall and frisked pretty aggressively and then told to never be seen out in public on the sidewalk again, which is kind of hard to do if you live there. So there are some problems attendant to stop and frisk. I'll never, ever say 100% that it's something that we want to do in communities across the country. But it worked in New York. It took their murder rate 
down to, uh, they had thousands of murders a year and it went all the way down to 300 was the lowest number of murders they had per year. Now that's an astounding drop. It's also a minuscule amount of murder. Uh, the goal is zero. It's a minuscule amount of murder when you consider that this is a place that has multiple millions, well over 5 million in their population at this time and during the time frame that, that we're considering here. So should he be castigated for that? Well, uh, he makes comments about how you need to frisk 95% of the people who are doing 95% of the murders and the crimes. Um, that's logical. You, you are going to go after the criminals. You're not going to go in suburban neighborhoods in New York uh, and frisk people out there. You're going to frisk people in the high crime areas. So the application was probably done correctly for what they were intending, but the unintended consequences of it were that people were terrorized. Now, is it goes back to something that my, my it's a close family member of ours told us when our kids are really small, she said, um, either you discipline your kids or the police will do it later. And by then it will be too late. So if that were the mantra in black households across the country, no matter what the socioeconomic background, then we would see less of these conversations surrounding what policing methodologies need to be employed and more conversations surrounding the amazing success story that the remainder of the black community in America would be experiencing by that one simple change. But it's not something that's easily done and it can't be done well in single parent households. Yes, it can be done, but it can't be done well in single parent households, meaning it's harder to do. It is much more difficult for a single parent to execute that kind of discipline over young boys, especially if it's a mom, a single mom. It's just hard for her to accomplish. The help of the child's father is integral. So that being said, uh, he also, Mike Bloomberg, said that teachers unions and the ACLU were extremists like the NRA. Now, we all know Mike Bloomberg hates guns unless they're in the hands of his own personal security detail, of which he has much. He has many, many people who serve in his personal security because he's a very wealthy man and he owns a lot of property and he has a lot of, you know, private planes, helicopters, warehouses with cool stuff in it, buildings with cool stuff in it. So, of course, he has a lot of people who carry guns around to protect him and his property. But for you and I, when we want to carry firearms for ourselves, he's very, very negative against that. And he feels it's extreme outside of what the Constitution mandates, of course, because the Constitution says it's not extreme. It's it's you're right. So then he let's turn to his comments about health care. Now, I know I've covered a lot here, but you got to stick with me. Mike Bloomberg is not a good candidate to be the president of the United States. And everything we're sharing here. You can then incorporate that in small doses into your conversations with people who tell you, well, Mike Bloomberg would be a much better president than Donald Trump. I'm giving you the ammunition to fight that uh, assertion right here, right now, today on the program. So let's listen to Mike Bloomberg out of his own mouth, talking to a group, a small group. It's a, it's a really easy setting. You're going to get to see where they are and what they're doing. And he talks about the bankrupting of our medical system here in the United States. He attributes that to old people getting care that they don't deserve. I'm going to make a point about just which old people are getting this help that he's talking about. Let's take a look at him and cut one. And what things they can fix right away. You know, if you're bleeding, they'll stop the bleeding. If you need an x-ray, you're going to have to wait. That's just, and all of these costs keep going up. Nobody wants to pay any more money. And at the rate we're going, health care is going to bankrupt us. So not only do we have a problem, it's going to bankrupt us. And we've got to sit here and say which things we're going to do and which things we're not. 
Nobody wants to do that. You know, if you show up with prostate cancer and you're 95 years old, we should say, go and enjoy, have a nice day, lead a long life. There's no cure, and you can't do anything. If you're a young person, we should do something about it. Society's not willing to do that yet. So we're going to bankrupt us. So he says, you show up and you've got cancer and you're 95 years old, right? So he's talking about elderly people. And you've got this cancer and he says, what we should say, notice it's the one person has to come and ask for care instead of the system we have now, which is through your health insurance or private contracts or whatever you're using, MediShare, we, you, you name the different options that you have here in the United States or paying outright. You go to your doctor you don't feel well, you find out there's something wrong with you, and you go through the process of getting your treatment approved. And he's saying that approval process shouldn't just be your insurance company. There should also be a little panel of Mike Bloomberg type folk who look at a few things. And instead of looking at you, the person, and saying which mode of care, whether it's chemo or radiation or some experimental therapy, some gene therapy, whatever the case might be that would be your doctor's opinion that you should undergo, this panel would not even consider what it is that you need. They would just simply say, Joe, you know, John, John Doe, age 70, prostate cancer. And then they would stamp it with the red X, like a Kafka-esque type of a uh, situation. And you would get the letter with the red X on it. And it would say at the bottom, go, enjoy, you've had a long life. Um, there's nothing we can do for you. And then if you were 20, then that same uh, you know, a little panel of Mike Bloomberg buddies would look and they'd say, oh, you know, Jane Smith. Okay. She's 22. She has cancer. We're going to go ahead and treat her. Now, what, where's the danger in that? Well, they could look at your sheet and say, oh, Stacey Washington. Oh, that's that right leaning political commentator. Uh, yeah. Well, she's not in her twenties or her thirties. And even though she's not elderly, we're still not going to give her any treatment. These are the kinds of panels that are unaccountable to voters. You wouldn't be able to vote that panel out. They would be in the bureaucracy, which is has been nicknamed the swamp by President Trump. They'd be off someplace far away from you. You wouldn't be able to get in your car and drive over, knock on the door and say, I'd like an appointment with the panel and go before them and argue, look, I deserve to live. I have three kids. I have a dog. I have a life. I want to live. I want to keep living. They would get to have the final say over whether or not you lived or died and you would have no redress, no appeal system. It's just Mike Bloomberg and his cronies deciding whether or not you deserve to die. And of course, this is unbiblical. No other person has the right to tell you that you don't have the right to live. That is a God-given right, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it's not that you have the right to make Mike Bloomberg pay for your health insurance or to help you live, but you have the right to pursue your life, whether that means experimental treatment or chemotherapy or whatever you're willing to do. And your doctor and you and maybe your family um, are the ones who are supposed to make that decision. What's so frightening about this is that when he was talking to that group of they appear to be uh, um, not reformed Jewish people who kind of are a little little more cultural with their practice of Judaism. But those are it looked like they were Hasidic Jews and they're sitting and enjoying some time together with this, you know, this candidate, and he starts explaining this, and none of them said, whoa, wait a minute, we don't, that's not, that's not a part of our faith, making panels who decide who lives or dies. None of them stopped him, and that to me is, it's frightening. 
We also have millions of Americans out there who think, well, first of all, suffering from Trump derangement syndrome makes you unable to think. But these are the same people who feel that, you know, if Mike Bloomberg says we should have panels, which these are coincidentally the same as the death panels that Sarah Palin said would be part and parcel to Obamacare, and they were, she got made fun of on SNL. Everyone dismissed it. Yet here's Mike Bloomberg talking about it again. Americans are being conditioned to expect that there will be some bureaucrat or panel or group of people who know better to make these types of decisions for them. And in exchange for that, they get, quote unquote, free health care. The only problem with that is Medicare for all and the free nature of it. All, that's all a lie. These are all smoke and mirror tactics. It's the same game you see charlatans play on the sidewalk outside of museums where they have a folding table that they paid 30 bucks for from Walmart or found in a dumpster somewhere. And they have the shells on top and you pick where the little nut or the little, it's a little, maybe, I don't know, a little trinket of some kind. And they put it underneath the three little half shells and they move them around and you're supposed to pick one. And if you pick, you win $500. The only problem is if you stand there, just take your, your hot coffee, stand up to the side and watch, no one ever wins because that little trinket went under the shell. And then as he's moving his hands, it goes up and into his sleeve pocket. It's, it's in his sleeve. It's in the side of his glove. If he's wearing gloves, you don't have a chance to win. He's going to get 20 bucks from you. You're never winning 500 case closed. End of story. It is the same exercise, but in a much more savvy, complex, and indiscernible way for these promises that are made for Medicare for all and single-payer health care. If single-payer were so wonderful, why do so many Brits come to America to access our free market health care system? If single-payer or the national health care system in Great Britain were so fantabulous, why is, uh, what's his name, John Oliver? He has a host this week with John Oliver. Uh, he's a Brit. And I was just ripping into him today on Twitter for his comments about single payer and how we need it here in America, or what we're now calling Medicare for all. And I looked him up and it turns out he came here on a green card. He's now made himself a very wealthy man peddling the same socialism that has wrecked the country he comes from, Great Britain. And by the way, in November of last year, he gained U.S. citizenship. So now we'll never get rid of him. He'll continue to peddle socialism, the thing that he actually emigrated away from, emigrated with an E, to get here to America. Now, if that's not the definition of crazy, I don't know what is. So there's also a lot of projecting going on. The people who really want death panels are the Democrats. The people who really want you not to have any say of what you can and can't do with your grandma and her medical insurance are the Democrats. But they've been pushing the idea that it's the Republicans who want to take things away from you, well, since 2011 at least. Let's take a look at this commercial. See if, if you remember, who were they attacking in this commercial? Who were they trying to take down when they made this commercial? And by the way, let me just point out really quickly before we look at it, that four famous individuals have cancer right now. And God bless them. I pray that they would be healed and there would be many, many more years left for them to live here on this earth. Those four people happen to be in their 70s, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Jimmy Carter, Harry Reid, and John Lewis. Under Bloomberg's plans, they would all be told, well, you have cancer, but you've had a full life. Why don't you go ahead and enjoy yourself? That is what the Democrats want. Their people would be included in that carnage. Now let's see 
Who exactly was supposed to be pushing Granny off the cliff? Uh, off the cliff? It's got two. America is beautiful. <laughs> and they're advocating for Medicare in that commercial. That was supposed to be Paul Ryan. You remember Paul Ryan? He was the vice presidential hopeful with Mitt Romney when he ran back in 2012. Paul Ryan is now a private citizen. He stepped back from politics to take care of his young family. Uh, his wife and kids were a priority for him, and he wanted to be there to raise them instead of spending most of his time, most of the year in Washington, D.C., away from them because they live in Wisconsin. And so even though he's no longer in the public eye, the commercial remains because YouTube is forever. So this is what they portrayed Republicans as wanting to do because we wanted to reform Medicare and cut the waste and the fraud and really pare it down so that it ran well, so that it could actually provide what was promised to the American people because we're all paying for it. Well, Democrats wouldn't brook any of those kind of reforms or changes. They didn't want to see one little bit of it changed. And so the stories poured in. And this is what we're dealing with here. So Mike Bloomberg and the Democrats have actually created a situation where Americans who don't know to look for that commercial will be unaware of a bunch of the different things that are going on. Uh, so one more thing, uh, besides the $400 million in ad spending and the considering you know, he's now downplaying it, of course, that he wants to have Hillary Clinton as his running mate, which is a total, like the, that's the worst thing ever, is this story from one of his companies. Now, it turns out that back in 1990, Bloomberg LP employees created a book of the offensive quotes that they'd heard directly from the mouth of their boss, Mike Bloomberg. This is February 14th. It was a Valentine's Day gift. They actually provided it for his 48th birthday. And staffers at Bloomberg LP celebrated their boss's most infamous offensive clips and anecdotes by creating a pamphlet and presenting him with a leather-bound copy. Some of the quotes are anti-female, anti-faith, and uh, here are four of them that I want you to hear. The only liberal I trust is an old, rich liberal. Why? Because they're old enough to understand what they're saying and they're rich enough to pay for what they say. Quote number two, if women wanted to be appreciated for their brains, they'd go to the library instead of Blo uh, Bloomingdale's. The three biggest lies are the checks in the mail, I'll respect you in the morning, and I'm glad that I'm Jewish. Talk about self-loathing. Now, imagine if a black conservative had said something like that. Uh, one of the li biggest lies is I'm glad that I'm black. That would never fly. That person would immediately be castigated by the left. But he said this, and no one's even batted an eye at it. And his fourth crazy quote, if Jesus was a Jew, why does he have a Puerto Rican first name? So. This is a man who wants to sit in the Oval Office. And I know 
um, some people out there are listening to this and thinking, well, you had not said anything about President Trump. Well, actually, I have. I have commented. And I do think it is important to look at what people plan to do in conjunction with the things that they say. Their personal comments or things that they've said in the past are not the most important thing to consider. You should look at what they're promising to do if they attain the office that they're seeking. Now, with President Trump, he'd had some things that he'd said. The Access Hollywood tape comes to mind. And it was something that he had to kind of weather through. But he'd also said a lot of really important things that overshadowed the Access Hollywood tape for me. And those things had to do with getting America on an even footing with our trading partners like China and making sure that NATO was no longer 80% funded by the United States and stopping other nations from ripping us off, whether it was through our excessive military intervention with our endless wars and military authorizations or our trade agreements or the UN or our foreign policy, all of those things. He's been saying those things for 40 years. So I could pay attention to one private conversation that he had that was kind of a hot mic, or I could pay attention to all of the other myriad conversations that he had in public at city council meetings and on 60 Minutes and on Oprah and everywhere else where he talked about what he thought our country should do. Now that he's been president for three and a half years, we see that he has really truly meant those comments that he's made over the past 40 years because he's executed on them and done an amazing job of reducing regulations, resetting our trade relationships, getting our foreign policy in order, drawing down, he's tried to draw down the troops, the Republicans and Democrats alike have fought him on that, and our national sovereignty. So the question is, what will Mike Bloomberg do? Well, we have to take him at his word, maybe not these comments from decades ago when he was heading Bloomberg LP. Maybe we give him a pass on those because they're old and they're kind of not relevant to what we're discussing here when we talk about policy. We just look at what he says about policy. Well, if we do that, we see that he wants to do something along the lines of Medicare for all. It is fiscally irresponsible and absolutely unattainable for us as a nation of 328 million people to have a one-size-fits-all Medicare system that covers every American that we can afford to pay for. It either means none of us have health insurance or it means that we go bankrupt as a country. And that's just one of his policies. He's also a gun grabber. And of course, we see the problems that he has with minorities. He clearly has some kind of an issue with black people, really, honestly. These comments point to some kind of inner issue that he has. So I I want people to take all of the decisions about voting very seriously and to consider candidates. And if you're a Democrat and you're looking at the slate of candidates, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. You can't possibly be going for that. Mike Bloomberg is actually a command and control person who thinks that he should have a panel that he picks to decide whether or not you can have medical care. That has to be a no-brainer for you. No, you would not want that. And so that leaves the other candidates. And we'll continue to cover them all. I hope it's been helpful. You'll be able to find links in the show notes for that at listen.stacyontheright.com. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Keep researching. Keep checking out these candidates. And God bless.